0: Hey there! Welcome to the second episode of our Sim Soul Sessions podcast, where today it is all about our daddies. <laughs> Hello everybody, and welcome to episode two of the SimSoul Sessions podcast with me, Simone Clark Cooper. I'm so happy you guys are listening right now because I have two amazing men I would like to introduce you to with stories that are bound to make you think and to give you lessons to help you make things better in your own life because that is why we are here, right? Right. Well, this week, I'm taking you guys back to the very first television episode of the SimSoul Sessions show, which is the inspiration for this podcast, in case you did not know. The show aired live the day after Father's Day in June of this year, and we met two amazing men with different fatherhood journeys. One was my dad, and the other my friend and colleague, broadcaster Neville Bell. The discussion was honest, it was authentic, it was soul-stirring, and the feedback was amazing. After you guys hear these moving accounts from both gentlemen, we will catch up with one of them to see how things have been since we recorded the show. So stick around, I promise you, you will not want to miss that. So the show was broken down into fatherhood do's and don'ts, and it started off with my father, Vincent Clark, sharing his own fatherhood experience and how it led him to be the amazing dad that he is to me and my three siblings. I cannot think of a better way, and more fitting way to start this show than having it blessed by the presence of the most important man in my life. And were it not for him, well, with some help from mommy, I would not be here. Today. So my very first guest on my very first show is none other than my very first and only dad, Vincent Clark. Hey Pop.
1: Hey Pumpkin.
0: How are ya?
1: Pretty good. Fine. Okay. <laughs> it's
0: so good to have you. This feels good. And I think this is the right way to start it. And yeah. maybe you should do a little blessing before we start. Yes. No my grace, peace.
1: Yes. No may Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father. And our Lord Jesus Christ be with us now henceforth and forevermore and until Jesus comes. Amen.
0: All right. That's the right way. That's your prayer. All right. Thank you you for that. So let's talk about you as a dad. Um, I've experienced you for about twenty something years. Ah. (laughs) Okay. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about your experience with your own dad. Past when you were sixteen, what did he teach you about fatherhood?
1: Yeah, um, my dad died when I was about 15, 16. And um, I I don't want to say, it's fortunate or unfortunate, in those days, and when I said those days, people think you're old, but I'm a youngster. Correct. But definitely then, we never had, but speak for myself, my dad, I, I didn't know what it is to be, hugged by my daddy or you know you'll touch your son and you hold him on his shoulder and you high five well i think high five is a new thing those days we never had it never had it Um, but he did his best but um that is how i am the last of nine Mm -hmm. i i couldn't say those before me never had a great time with with daddy but then you know maybe by the time i should start having good times with him That was when he passed. But up until I was 16, I was just busy going around school and in and out and whatever it was. But I couldn't say, he he didn't want us to do hard work. So when he would go to the field, he wouldn't want us to come with him because he didn't want us to get hurt. So he was still a loving dad. But in his own way, way, he was a loving dad. But that was the order of the day in those days.
0: So would you say that you kind of took some cues from him then, in how you started, you you became a parent at 21.
1: Indeed, indeed. And we've always
0: known love in our house.
1: Yeah, and because I didn't
0: get what I
1: should get those days, I decided, boy, no way I have to give it this time. So I didn't get it then, and I wouldn't want that to happen to me, so I'm giving it now. And it's the same thing I do with my son but, well, all of you guys, yeah. and more so my boys.
0: There are four of us, by the way. Four kids. Right.
1: You make sure you treat your, well, you know, Steve with his little son.
0: Yeah.
1: Play with him, mm-hmm. find time to be with him, and so forth. Because you kids know, I, I traveled on the road as a salesman for years, but come home in the evenings and find time with my children, yeah. my family. So that is important. What
0: would be a reward for you with your children?
1: A reward? Mm-hmm. Good God. Reward? The reward is, uh, I don't know if you are seeing it eye to eye, but I gave all of you girls, all the children, a first degree, and you guys went for the second, and you are doing very well for yourself. You know what the reward is? To see you guys progress. That's like salary to me, it's Mm -hmm. like reward. To see you give me a little grandchild, which is the greatest thing in the world. That is reward. I don't want money. I don't want anything. I just want to see you guys. You are my reward. They're the reward. That's the investment. And I'm not investing in you to get back something. You stay there. That's my, that's my investment. My reward are you guys.
0: What would and the love
1: that you all give back to me and yeah. to mommy.
0: What would, you, what would you want to see from us as parents as we become um, parents to our own children, what would you want to see us do? To take from you.
1: The basis for the way I was able to care for your kids and care for the rest, and good fathers just don't only care for his children. You know, I love other people's kids. Right. That's important. Fathers, you you love your children, but it's important to love other other people's children, and. um What I would like to see you guys do is to, uh, is what I learned from Sunday school, train up a child in the way he should grow. And when you get old, he will will never depart. I train you guys up properly, and I don't think you're departing that much right now. Not much. Not much, (laughs) still.
0: I think Steve would say he took a lot from you. Steve became a father in the last year, and I could tell you how he feels, but I think it's better that he tell you himself. Let's talk to him and see what he has to say to dad. Oh, Hi, my baby you're my bro. son. <laughs> so you tell him you have a beautiful son. What have mm-hmm. you learned from him, Steve?
2: Everything. I mean, I didn't have to search. I didn't have to do any Googling. I didn't have to go on the internet to find out how to love Noah. Uh, I just took everything that was invested in us and moved it over. And I just, it's like
1: auto-nurture. It's like a, a gift. It's like a cheat code. Cause we were just raised in that environment.
0: I told you guys he was amazing. That was my dad's account of fatherhood. But I was only too aware that not everybody could boast about their own fatherhood journeys. For years, my friend and colleague, broadcaster Neville Bell, has talked about the fact that he struggled a bit before he found his fatherhood footing. He's been very honest about it. And I was grateful that he came and shared his story with us. My next guest has admitted openly that he got some things wrong as a dad, and I asked him here today to share some of those missteps to help other dads who may be struggling to get it right. Never Bell is my <laughs> next guest on today's show. Hi, Nev. Oh,
2: go it's
0: good to have you. Thank you for being here
2: yeah,
0: um, to share this part of your journey with us. Tell me a little bit about your relationship with him.
2: I think my father was very quiet, never did. My mom was very, very strong. And I think because of that reason, my father just kind of um, sat back and allowed things to happen but he was always there different kind of father but um still kind of miss him
0: you always talk about your fatherhood journey and about the fact that you think there are some things that you got wrong
2: yeah
1: um
0: can you talk to us a little bit about that because there are people who may be struggling who you can help to you know yeah well restare navigate well
2: you know me i have four kids and i think i never got this father thing right till about my third child. Um, I'm not certain I get it right even now. Um, but my very first child, she was born in Connecticut, I lived in Toronto. I didn't see it as a responsibility. I just kind of look up my chest and said, I have a youth. She was in a good space. She, she grew with fantastic grandparents on her mom, mom's side. So I kind of knew she was all right. Um, and because of that, I just really didn't do anything. Um, one thing i always did i was i was always in touch with my kids from day one but that's it i was never there for her never um probably to this day
0: Mm. and
2: um Mm. i've suffered for that Mm. she she has never forgiven me for that to this day we have a, a good relationship we speak regularly we almost every week we talk but we don't have a Father daughter relationship, and that still bothers me. I
0: well, don't give up on that because you're still trying at it, so yeah,
2: yeah. But it, it, I mean, it certainly was my fault. Um, I was a young man, and I was, I, again, the distance, and there were a lot of things, but I do not want to pretend that there were reasons for me not to behave the so, way I should have. Which
0: up. takes us right into the, the what not to do's.
2: Yeah, one of the things her grandmother told me that really hurt her was one of her birthdays friends were there and all the dads were there, and I was the only father who wasn't there. And I think to this day she has not forgotten that.
0: So be so, there. Yeah, Take don't away. don't
2: don't miss the important dates. I, I I never did anything for Nikki. I didn't go to school for her. I went to her high school graduation. That's the only thing I could say I did for her. Um, so don't miss the birthdays, don't miss the first communion, don't miss the don't miss that, that's hugely important. important you know? and, as much, and as early I said, I was always in touch. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. You need to be there. You, you need to be there. And, and the other thing as an, an extension to that is don't think that your child is okay when you're not around. I thought she was fine. Physical, she was fine. She never needed anything. Again, I'm repeating myself, but her grandparents looked after her, went to university, everything. I just thought she was okay and i um, i found out and we've spoken about it i found out that she wasn't and she probably still isn't mm-hmm. um so there's a, a wish that i have that hopefully i will get that wish before i die
0: okay guys so you heard him there and now as i promised he is back with us in the studio this time in a different setting for a follow-up. Hello, Nev.
2: Hey, what's up? How goes? Oh, I'll as well give this thanks. is cool,
0: right? Yeah, I love it. Oh gosh. <laughs> we should do it more often. <laughs> but not really. <laughs> um, so tell me what's um what's happened with you since the show. We've got a lot of feedback out of the show because people know you and people see you as this happy-go-lucky guy on TV. And a lot of people were very appreciative of just the fact that you would share what you shared. Um, as honestly as you did. So, first of all, how did it feel like talking about it?
2: Um, it was all right. I think what helped me was you, seriously, because we are good friends. I was very comfortable. Um, and truth be told, I think what I said, I think you knew before, mm-hmm. even, you know. So it it wasn't that difficult. But um, you weren't just sharing with me, no. I know it wasn't that difficult. But I also wanted to be honest about it. I didn't want to come on the show and sugarcoat anything and there are th- other things that i could have said um that probably would have made me look a little better mm-hmm. but i didn't want to you know look like i was making excuses i was really just a jerk um whether i liked it or not i wasn't a good father um and it's it's it's, it's not anything i can get a road mm-hmm. so it, it wasn't as difficult because when i decided to do it um i said yeah I you know, I wanted to, to, to be honest. I wanted to tell the truth, and I didn't want to hold back. And I think I, I did that.
0: Yeah. And sitting with it, like you did on the program, and then leaving, and thinking about it after, um, did it did it stir up anything in you that you know was was hard to reconcile, hard to stare down, or were you just okay in the truth that you had said it as it was?
2: I did, and I did. You you are right. It it it. It bothered me a little bit more, I think, even though I came out with it and probably thought, all right, I get it out and I'm good now. But it bothered me a little more because when I thought about what I said, it went back to what I didn't do. And um, my daughter was hurt. My daughter was, was hurt because of my rubbish. And and that, that to this day, still bothers me. Even though I kind of got it out, mm-hmm. it's I, I find it difficult to forgive myself.
0: But you can't. You can't really go through life
2: that way, can you? And I, what would
0: it take for you to be able to forgive yourself?
2: I never said this first, and I'll say no. And I, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps already. And what bothers me most, more than anything else, about what didn't happen with me and, and Nicole, I lived in Toronto. She lived in Connecticut. I was playing professional football at the time. Um, just about. I was just about. To play professional football at the time, I can't remember thinking that I want my daughter with me. You know, I can't remember thinking that either bring her to Toronto or I must move to the United States. I can't remember thinking that. That bothers me to this day. You know. Um,
0: because you uh, didn't think about it. Yeah,
2: you know what I mean. When I had Nicole, uh, and again, I might be going over some things that we did already. When I had Nicole, I wasn't there. Um, and I didn't say this also, I wasn't there at the time, and I don't know if this was done deliberately, and I can't remember, but I was almost certain I was told that because I wasn't at the birth, she never got my name. Oh. And uh, Nicole never ever wow. named Belle to this day. I mean, mm-hmm. she's married now, and mm-hmm. she's she's Harris now, so mm-hmm. even, if, even if she was a Belle at the time, she wouldn't be now. But, so again, I don't know if that was a United States rule, a Connecticut rule, um or just because I wasn't there they decide mm-hmm. don't give him the name, you know. Mm-hmm. So that bothers me. Um but to be honest, I never really thought, um, boy, I should be there. My daughter must be with me, I must be with my daughter.
0: Because you were caught up with the other things that you were at that age and stage A, of your life. A
2: Couple of things. Um and also one day it hit me, you know, one day it hit me I can't remember how old she was, and I kinda said, Bridget, you don't do nothing fair, you know, you mm. don't give her no money You know, and I called her grandmother, who was Fantastic, and love me to death, you know. I said, Auntie Carmen, I kinda feel bad that me name is send a little one hundred US auntie. And she said, "Never want to." She said, "Nicky's fine, Nicky's okay." Um, she said, "Just keep on doing what you're doing." Because I was always in touch, you know. And I don't mean once a month or once a year. I mean regularly. I found out what was going on. I spoke to her. I was always in touch. And, and when
0: you spoke to her, she was always amenable to talk to you. Yeah,
2: you know. I mean, there's a cologne named called Cool Water mm-hmm. that I went to her high school graduation and she bought that for me from then I've had cool water constantly I've never been without it so we always had a good relationship we just never had a father daughter relationship so when I told to Auntie Carmen she said no man never is fine I'm I found out long ago that she didn't know what was going on either cuz she wasn't fine mm-hmm. you know she was I mean materially Nikki was alright she was she she was our only child to her grandparents you know so she got everything she needed she was fine but Really and truly. She wasn't. She wasn't. Yeah.
0: Okay. So so in terms of what has happened since the show, as a matter of fact, I think I dropped the ball on the show because towards that break that we took on the show, that second break, you said something that I didn't follow up on. Mm-hmm. You said that you had a wish that you wanted to happen before you die. And I don't know how I missed it. Mm-hmm. But I'm I in watching back I realize I did. Um and and I should have said to you, what is that wish?
2: For her to call me Daddy.
0: And do you think that's something that will ever happen?
2: Won't. I don't think she would. Um, she did when she was young. and when Before, I think she realised that I was a jerk. I mean, she did, but... Um, no, I, she, she reached out to me after the show. She saw the show. Um, a, a while after. And she sent me, you know, long enough... Um, she wrote something to me, and she, she told me that she forgave me. Well, she forgave me. She said she forgave me a long time ago, and she said what you said. She said she thought it was difficult for me what I did, and she appreciated it, um, and she appreciated the fact that uh, that I am hurt because of what I didn't do. Um, but she said she forgave me a long time ago. But even after reading that, after reading that. Um, well, there was something else she said which was the biggest thing for me that she said she's okay you know mm-hmm. she said she said i'm okay and that's what i wanted to hear because um i know i hurt her there are other people in my family that when they hear this story and she's holding on and they say no man she's a big woman no and i every time they say it i say no um, you guys don't know how much she was hurt i don't know how much she was hurt but I am not in a position to say, no, man, no are big man, no and, I, you know, I would never go there. Because Correct. because as I said, it is obvious that she was hurt. So I was happy that she said she forgave me. And you said just now that I, I can forgive myself. But for some reason, the other thing that bothers me because, you know, every time someone who that's very close to me and know the story, they will say, Yeah man, but you know, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing now and stuff. But I can't go back to our tenth birthday.
0: Well, you can't. You know, which I, is, which, so you and I are saying the same thing, but you're saying it for different reasons. Yes. You can't go back and that bothers you. Yeah. I'm saying you can't go back, so you have to reconcile it. Yeah, I can. See how I, you can. Yeah. I
2: remember, you know, I remember I went to our high school graduation. She wrote and read the opening prayer for the, for the graduation. It was in a church. So when she came up, I was sitting with her mom and another lady was beside me. And when she came up, I started to cry. Not to read, when she came up for the diploma, I started to cry and the lady touched me and said, boy, I can see how proud you are. And I just looked at her and I nodded my head. The reason I was crying is because when I was looking at Nikki, I said to myself, boy, you have absolutely nothing to do with that. That was why I cried. Because it just hurt me to see my daughter looking so nice up there in her graduation garb, and, you know, she's graduated from high school. I didn't even know where the high school was,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and right now I don't even know, I, can, I can't remember the name of the high school, you know. So when I started to cry, and the lady looked at me, because everybody, you know, every time you see your child, everybody starts crying, you know. Um, but that wasn't the reason I cried. I was proud, but I was also annoyed with myself and said, "Boy, look how she looked, man," and you know. And <laughs> to be honest, I never gave Nikki a dollar. I never take her or go anywhere. And her, apparently, there was a party that was going on. And um, her friends, when they had parties, the father was there, and when she had her party, I can't remember what age it was. I wasn't there, mm-hmm. and her grandma told me that she thought that was what—that was kind of the, the, the straw. Yeah,
0: the straw that brought the cameras yeah, back. She
2: said she think that's what really hurt her. And uh, me, you know, but I was, I was happy that she said she forgave me. I and I, I pray that she she don't carry this with her. Um, but I'm repeating myself. It's, it's it's tough for me to get over it.
0: Well, I mean, I'm hoping that the fact that she has forgiven you will in time give you that opportunity to forgive yourself. But I also know that there are people who have reached out to you since the show to say that actually people have reached out to us at the show to say their story, your story. Has inspired them to make amends in their own lives with mm-hmm. their own children. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've gotten that
2: feedback. I, I got a call quite recently, which was a little bit different from what you're saying. That because of what I said, someone wanted me to come to talk to a father mm. because he wasn't kind of doing what they thought he could be doing. His situation was a little bit different. I mean, I was one million miles away. It was twenty hours drive just to sit and call. You know, um, his situation's a little bit different. And I said no. You know, I said I didn't want to do that because. I don't want to come across now like I'm this wonderful father and I'm going to talk to parents and tell them how to father their, their kids. Because, and nobody said that to me. My mother was the only person that spoke to me like that. You know, when my mother, when I had my second child and my mother came to Toronto and I know we were talking about it and she said, my, my father has a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. and My mother said, you're not going to be like your father. She said, smart, no, be responsible. Um, and it said a lot to me, you know, so. Um, wow, nerf. Yeah, it said a lot to me when she said it, you know. But again, I, and I don't want to say this because it it every time I think about saying it, it seems like I'm trying to find an excuse. But again, because I I, I don't even want to say I thought because I knew Nikki was alright. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't this is in my mind now. She's in a nice family setting, she lives in a house, she you know, she's not taking a bus, they're looking after her. So in my mind she was getting much more than I could ever give her. And I still think so. I mean, but no, she, her father should be there. And I remember saying, when you asked me about a, a suggestion, I remember saying, don't take it for granted that your child is okay if you are not there. She could be the richest woman in the world. Kids need parents.
0: But there are some things that money cannot buy. No, kids and need things parents. things, voids and, and gaps that, that yeah. things cannot fill.
2: Yeah, man. Kids need, need parents. I remember when I went to her graduation, I could see the happiness when they came and picked me up at the airport. I could see how happy she was that her father was there. Mm-hmm. And thinking back now, I can understand how disappointed she was that I wasn't there before, you know. Because Into you could have the
0: other things, yeah. You
2: know, so I never went to school, I didn't um no father, daughter, race, you know, nothing like that happened. And and that that bothers me. And I understand that, yeah, maybe one of these days I'll just say, Regin, let it go. But it,
0: it, until it, then, yeah, it's a process, yeah. Um, how much did what? Ma bell say, say to you um, have an impact on Camila? Camila was your third and who was after Camila? Kareem. Ka- and Kareem. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Um, so that's what kind of tone Yeah, it everything
2: right? because uh, and, and I also have to give um, her, her mother and her grandparents a lot of credit because at no time they told her that me was a jerk and your father no good. At no time. I mean, every time I spoke to them everyone was saying yeah, we know what's going on and we know you're far away and you know um but it's no excuse it's no excuse it was my first child and i should have performed a lot better but yeah you're right and Camila said it also that because of the mistakes earlier mistakes i decided this won't happen to me again and i think that's the reason why i'm so close to Camila. Camila is my f- the first child i actually grew as a parent i mean be her, and do all kinds of stuff i, mm-hmm. I didn't i, I, I had no time i ever changed nikki i didn't bathe nikki i didn't do anything with nikki but Camila was my girl, you know, and even now, and you can tell, you can tell, well, you know, you know, you can tell. I mean, when Camila's around me, I am so happy when we speak, and we, and we speak almost every single day. And, and and to get back to Nicole, we still speak regularly. I mean, everything that happens to Nicole, is she tell me? So, I mean, she hasn't stayed away from me, you know, so, so she
0: is reaching out in her in her own way.
2: Every single time. If she yeah. moves, she sent me a picture of the house and the kids' graduation and she sent me a picture of one of my grandsons, one of her sons, um he does uh, modeling for Levi's mm-hmm. and every time she sent me a picture the other day with the Black Lives Matter movement, she went out and
0: protesting and she, was, and she mm-hmm. sent
2: me a picture Correct. with her sitting with the We've the got sign. The, the sign mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, we've always been in touch. I'm repeating myself. But we've always, have, I, there is no time in her life that I didn't know what was going on. I just wasn't there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and with your last son, that relationship is special. Yeah, man. That's, that's,
2: <laughs> that's fantastic. I, I mean, I, I have a great relationship with, with all my kids. You know, I, again, um, like the, the message that Nikki sent to me, she started by saying, hi there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and and every time she sends a message, she puts hello hi there. She's never said hey, daddy. You know, um, I'd love to hear that. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to ask her to do it. You know, um, but I'd love to hear her say, daddy.
0: Well, it's a process, Nev. Yeah. And if she's sending you information now and keeping you in the loop, that's a good sign.
2: Yeah, man. Everything. I mean, the last one I got was a couple of days ago. Her last child um Hudson start playing football mm. I mean I just sent me a little video and then she says it's in the jeans well that's why she says She says, I don't think it's in the jeans you know so I mean I'm I'm up to date with everything I mean she she she's having a good life now I mean she's always had a good life but she's married she has three kids they live in California um she does really really well her husband does well he's a entertainment manager I think he's the the manager for Jason, the ruler, mm-hmm. thats the name. You mm-hmm. know, so she's she's all right. You know, I was a little concerned because she's in a hot spot and she can't go out. And then the fires in California, then the the virus. You know, but she's fine. And as I said, even after that, um, we, we're in touch regularly. So I feel good about that.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to give you a chance to 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 speak to the dads again, and maybe to speak to kids who are in her position. You know, as to um, how to handle any. Remnant of hurt or how to just move forward with your life?
2: I will start with the kids, um, because it's something that I do because of where I'm coming from. Because I've had I coach kids and I've had conversations and them boy, well, father now deal with father and every time I see them, sometimes we just don't know the better. We just really and truly I you don't have think the tools. right. I don't think any father out there said, "Boy, my my son need me, but me not go." You know, I think we just don't realize that they need us. We just don't realize.
0: Well, there may be some of those, to be honest, but but I think yeah. what you're saying is also valid.
2: Yeah, so I always tell the kids, no, reach out to your father, reach out to your parent, and yeah, maybe he was a jerk, she was a jerk forever, but still reach out because Nikki said something in 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 the message that she sent me that was key also because she said. If she continues to, well, she didn't say continue, but she was suggesting that the older she got, if she held anything against me, it would hurt her spirit, not mine. It would hurt mine too, but it would, it would hurt her spirit. Um, and I tell the kids that. So I say, yeah, daddy not doing what I'm supposed to do, but just keep calling him, telling me you love him, say you want to see my and stuff, and then see what happens. You're right. Some of them will still stay away. But I think if most of the parents... If they realize why the kids really want me in them life, then will reach out to me and stuff. I think they will, kind of, uh, kind of buckle up. So to the kids, mm-hmm. it is never easy to not have your your, your mother, your father around you. Um, but reach out to them, and someone might say, "Well, it's not their responsibility to do that," and it isn't. You know, you're, you're, it's your parents' responsibility to look after you. But life can be better if we just meet halfway. To the parents, I repeat, um, don't stay away from your, your child unlike what I thought and her grandparents thought that she was all right because she lived in a nice house and she, you know, she had transportation where she went to church, she went to good school, she went to university, she graduated from university. So everybody said, yeah, man, she good. Obviously she wasn't. And even the grandparents didn't realize that she wasn't. Um, so to the parents, even if you can't be there physically and you should try your very best to be there physically, you do reach out every day. Call, call, you know, send gifts, do anything, but don't stay away from your, your, your child. It's And especially in Jamaica, yeah, especially in Jamaica, because I think that's one of our problems. The, I think the indiscipline in our country is lack of leadership.
0: Finally, what would you say? So you've spoken to the kids, you've spoken to the parents. What would you say to 20-year-old Neville?
2: The first thing you should attempt to do is plan. And had I known now, or had I known yeah, then what, what I you know, know now, know. I would not just have a child mm-hmm. and say, you well, know, I'm a father you now, me a big thing, which is what happened. I mean, when I heard that Carleen uh, was pregnant, I said, what? I'm well, have a youth. And, but n- at no time did it feel like this is a responsibility, Bridging, You have to go to school with your child now. You haven't done
0: you know? what you are in for. No,
2: no. So the first thing, try to plan it. Secondly, things happen. So you didn't plan it and it happened. Be responsible. Be responsible, and it's not a father thing or a mother thing. I mean, our grandparents can get involved in these, and uncles and aunts and cousins and everybody can get involved. But the kids need us; they need adults in their lives. What's happening? You hear so many stories of youngsters with guns and youngsters getting hurt. I think if they had better leadership, we would be better off.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for the update,
2: guy. Yeah, man. Anything, anything for you?
0: You're okay. You're gonna be okay.
2: I am fine. I mean, I give thanks, but uh, again, and and you will tell me the same thing again. It's just, it's just tough for me to just say, all right, she's all right. So be good now. Um, no, I, I still would want my daughter. I still want her around me. I still wish I could just hug her up and mm-hmm. you know, and look in her eyes. And, and I've told her this many times, but I wish I could just say how sorry I am, and you know, try.
0: I think you've told her, don't you? Yeah, but. You've told her, Nev. I think you've done um, what it is that you can, you know. It's just left now for her to to come around.
2: Yeah, and I can't tell her that, you know. I just. Of course you can. I really just wish I could have just turned Turned back, you know, and just go back there and and just do what I was supposed to do. You know, I remember Nikki. I mean, I was there like, I think two days after she was born or three days after she was born. I remember that, Mm -hmm. you know. I remember going back a couple of times and you know, I remember at her graduation, how beautiful she looked, and you know the way she spoke, and I'm kind of looking up and said well that's my, that's my first child, you know Pride. um I wish i I had uh, got it right yeah. or got, or did a little even a little better you
0: know? so. well, there's a gain in realizing what was not done and now trying to make it right, so mm-hmm. give yourself some credit for even that yeah. you know.
2: And I appreciate what you have done because I think I've actually helped some people. And yes. because of that, even if I can't help myself, at yes. least I can say, why some people probably changed a little bit because of that. So I appreciate that. Uh, I thank you.
0: You're probably helping yourself too, even though you don't realize. Thank you, my friend. There's there's power in sharing. Thank you, my friend. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. High five. Every time. Good job. All right, guys. That's Nev um, catching up on our um, Simso Sessions podcast. <laughs> And now it is time for us to close our podcast with our affirmation. So today we are affirming you, your story, your journey, not just parts of it, but all of it. We all have a picture in our minds of how we want or wanted our lives to go. And sometimes when we find things coming at us that cause us to deviate from that blueprint, we get stuck. And we allow all the detours and the disappointments to direct our lives. Well, know that what you think of as rejection is often just redirection. And though it may take time and it's not easy, out of darkness can come light. What has happened to you is gone. What you have done is done. The question is, what will you do now? What have you learned from the not-so-nice things? And what do you need to do to help you become unstuck or to move forward? Yes, things have happened in past chapters of your book, but that is no water under the bridge. The rest of that book is still unwritten, and you have the power to pen those forthcoming chapters. At the end of the day, what will your story be? Our affirmation for this podcast today Every experience is an opportunity to grow, and I am willing to get the help I need to start that process of positive change. thank you for joining us for this episode of your next simsoul sessions podcast remember to catch this episode as it aired on tv with nev and with dad at simone clark cooper on youtube please watch share comment and subscribe to join this soul session's movement and i certainly hope you guys found some soul food here today until then every blessing guys and remember to count your blessings take care